What is up, ladies and gentle nerds? It's your boy, Graham, also known as HamHawks42 on the internet, and we are here with another insight, another exciting and unedited installment of Overthinking MTG. All right, so we're on the Gatherer website. I'm going to go ahead and scroll on down, hit the random card button. Let's see what we see, shall we? All right, so today we are looking at Goblin Dark Dwellers. So generally speaking, whenever I see goblins, I'm down. This one, though, like right off the bat, I'm confused uh, because the very first thing I see, so I see goblin dark dwellers. Uh, dark dwellers is hyphenated. Good on you, wizards. Very nice. And the very first thing I see, so I haven't gotten far into this at all. It costs three generic and two red. So this is some, some kind of goblin that costs five. And it was a rare from Oath of the Gatewatch. So already I'm confused because, I mean, and we haven't gotten into the card. Maybe it functions just fine, and maybe there's no reason for confusion at all, and I should just shut up and read the damn card. But the thing, the reason that I find that mana cost so confusing on a goblin is because goblins are generally really, really small, low to the ground, cheap, and fast. And so the idea of a goblin costing five, that thing better have a huge payout on it for that mana cost. Just... You know, when I think of high-cost goblins, I think of ones like gob- like a Siege Gang Commander. That guy costs five, except he also brings, I think, three other goblins to the party, and he produces a sack outlet that allows you to basically chuck your goblins at your opponent. So he ends up being a finisher, you know, so the whole game you can just noodle, 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 noodle with little goblins, get your opponent down to decent a decent way and then you drop goblin um or then you, you drop the siege gang commander and then all of a sudden you not only get more goblins that can swing if you need to to finish the job but then when you do swing all the ones that are blocked you just sacrifice them and just chuck them right at your opponent's face it makes it almost impossible to deal with so him costing five makes sense you get a good payoff to finish out a game so let's see what goblin dark dwellers are bringing to the table it is a four four again convert mana cost five rare with menace, okay, nice. That means that it can, it must be blocked by at least two creatures. Can't be blocked by just one. All right. When Goblin Dark Dwellers enters the battlefield, you may cast target instant or sorcery card with converted mana cost three or less from your graveyard without paying its mana cost. If that card would be put into your graveyard this turn, exile instead. Wow. Okay. So this card is actually really interesting. So it allows you to play an instant or sorcery with converted mana cost three or less from your graveyard just for free the moment you drop it. And you're getting a 4-4 with menace for five. So that's actually not a bad value at all. So this card is pretty cool. Like it's not amazing by any means, but it's rock solid. It it creates free flashback when it hits the field. If you put this in any kind of situation where you can do blink effects, if you have an opportunity to stock your graveyard, holy cow, strap in. This is going to get bonkers. So that's great. And you get a nice solid body in the mix too. So the fact that it's a goblin feels kind of silly. Um, it doesn't really fit any goblin strategies whatsoever that I've ever seen anyway. So it doesn't really fit that. But if you're doing like a spell slinger kind of setup where you have a lot of burn spells, maybe, um, yeah, a lot of burn spells in the graveyard, you can do stuff, something cool with this. Also, if you have a way to blink it at instant speed or have um, something like a mimic vat or a soul foundry create a token of it at instant speed, that would actually allow you to cast counter spells with this. And that's kind of fun. So in that situation, if you get it on a mimic vat, at any point when your opponent's trying to play something, you can pay three, tap it, 
tap your Mimic Vat, create a token of Goblin Dark Dwellers, when that token hits the field, you can then take your Sinister Sabotage or Cancel or good old-fashioned Counterspell, whatever you've got in your graveyard, and just bloop, and just pull it right out and stop whatever your opponent's doing. So that's kind of fun. That's a little outside-the-box way to work with that. Yeah, but what you're going to be looking for here are cards that really leverage that three mana cost. Um, the other thing that this reminds me of that it's got me thinking about is a card called Sunforger. Um, and that is an equipment that at any time you can pay, I think it's one red and a, and a, sorry, one red and a white. You can un- unattach it and or unequip it from the creature it's equipped to. Search your library for any red or white instant card that costs three or less and just cast it for free. And so when I see that, that's a situation where you can tutor anything out of your library, get it for free immediately, as long as it's red or white. So that does limit your options somewhat, but you can whip it out with Sunforger. That gets it into your graveyard, and then if it's later in the game and you need to hit that again, um, let's say you pull a Bedevil or um, you know some other trying to think of a good example, like a Swords to Plowshares or a Path to Exile, one of those just classic removal spells, and you just knock out something your opponent has early in the game with Sunforger, great, and you can do that a couple of different times, you know, with because Sunforger recurs, then your graveyard is going to be nice and full of these little instants and sorceries, and then all of a sudden, Goblin Dark Dwellers, just, you drop it, you get a 4-4 with Menace, which, if you've been playing a control game up until that point, this guy could be your finisher, because you're, you're not letting your opponent have anything on the board. So if you're running a lot of burn spells, if you're running counter spells, if you're running, um, you know, white removal with things like uh, Sunforger, this is just, yeah, that's a lovely way to finish it out. Yeah, interesting. It's a very interesting card. I like this. I, I, I don't love it. I'm not going to go build around it immediately, but at the same time, if I got my hands on one of these, I'd find a place to put it because um, it's got some cool utility. Yeah, in a control deck that's running maybe Is It or Boros, I, yeah, I'd seriously consider putting this in there. Um, also, maybe Mardu, you know, like Bedevil is a great example of one. So if you're running uh, red, white, black, there might be an opportunity to mix that up. I mean, this guy might fit in the mix. In general, with that kind of a strategy, I'd probably only run two or three of these. And there are better finisher options available to you, depending on what format you're looking at. But, you know, if you're not looking to be competitive necessarily, but you're looking for something fun, this could be... This could be a winner. I also don't doubt that there are some Kess Dissident Mage decks that would love something like this. Because Kess is all about casting cards out of your graveyard. And so being able, to, getting some redundancy to help kind of with that strategy since the other cards in the deck are probably going to be filling the graveyard. Hey, it doesn't hurt. Plus, it's got a big fat body that it can do something with as well. Yeah, so to get that kind of upside, 4-4 four, four for 5 with Menace, like, that alone isn't terrible value. Like, it's not amazing, but it's not bad. And then, on top of that, you get a free cast of something from your graveyard. That's really great. I mean, that's kind of like getting an like 8 mana worth of value for 5. Effectively, because you're getting that spell out of the graveyard again. Not to mention, that's a card that you don't have to cast out of your hand. So if you don't have anything else recurring out of your graveyard, or if you're using um, other effects that touch the graveyard, but you know, exiling it instead of putting it back in there isn't going to be that big of a deal. Yeah, that's also a card out of your hand that you're not playing. You're going to play two cards. One of them isn't even coming out of your hand. That's great. Also, flavorfully, I just want to take a look at these goblins, because... They're, I gotta admit, kind of creepy. So in the artwork, there are three goblins depicted, and they're 
they're clearly climbing down what looks like the face of a cliff uh, or perhaps inside of a cave. I actually believe it's inside of a cave for a couple of reasons. Um, the main one, there's you see the lighting, is, it's clearly dark in there and it's being lit by a fire from below. But the part that really... So these are three goblins. They're clinging to the wall face down, crawling downward towards something or someone. And the thing that's really creepy and really eerie about these particular goblins is they do not have eyes. So they look like subterranean creatures that live without light. Like, you know, the fish that you see in caves or other kinds of creatures that are never exposed to light. Therefore, they never developed a sense of sight. That's what these things look like. And to top it all off, they're climbing downward on a wall in a very bestial, uh, kind of like the xenomorphs from Alien is almost the vibe I'm getting off these guys. Yeah, if a xenomorph blended, like if a facehugger grabbed like a goblin from Dominaria and produced a xenomorph like with a goblin as a base, you'd probably get one of these guys or something very similar. Yeah, that's disgusting, if I may say. They've got really big nasty claws, um, really big nasty fangs as well. I mean, they just look like subterranean monsters that are like stylized close to goblins. Yeah, really creepy. Again, with the creepiness, man, we're getting so many creepy cards. It's, like, it's either, I feel like on this podcast, cards are either super creepy or they provoke some kind of existential uh, discussion about um, faith and uh, wellness and whatnot. And actually, speaking of which, I'm pretty excited. I got my hands on a copy of, uh, I got my hands on a couple of copies of Errant Minion, which uh, I know I talked about in a recent episode, and uh, I'm actually really jazzed. So there may be a giveaway in the future. I might also look at um, the other idea that I had for them recently was altering them in some way to turn them into my business cards. So if I go to like TwitchCon or something like that, I'd be able to hand those out. Anyway, fun thought has nothing to do with Goblin Dark dwellers except that it's it's interesting and well i thought about it so here we are at overthinking mtg yeah all in all goblin dark dwellers creepy card quality mechanic it doesn't really feel like a goblin style ability but then again the 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 artwork also doesn't really look like what we associate with goblins so all in all this is a this is a weird twist like if lovecraft did a twist on the magic goblins i i think this would be the result um yeah, and uh, I gotta say, it's it's working. It's very creepy, and it's very it's very cool. You know, if I got my hands on a copy of these, yeah, I'd find a place for them. Anyway, guys, this has been fun. It's been overthinking MTG. I'm Graham, also known as Hamhawks42. I stream over at Twitch, Twitch.tv/Hamhawks42. I look forward to seeing you over there. I'm also on Discord quite a bit. If you wanna hit me up, that is a great place to do it. And uh, that link is in the description below or on your device, wherever you're watching or listening to this. Anyway, thank you so much. I'll catch you next time.